But I asked uh, Matthew if he would share with us this morning. Uh, and I got so excited the other day, I got a chance. Somebody who used to work with him came up to me. I think it was one of the ladies that spoke at Overcomers. And she said, uh, are you Matthew's brother? And I didn't have to worry about saying yes. Uh, I was thankful for that. Uh, that she wasn't going to like take a swing at me or something like that, that he was out and keep it up uh, the good reputation. But something that not everybody knows is he is an excellent, excellent uh, preacher and teacher. And so I'm looking forward to that. Why don't you give him a hand clap as he comes up? All right. Thank you. Good morning. Everybody thankful to be here? Me too. So, well, I guess it's good that, that at least the people I work with, I know are saying good things about me, right? You don't have to, you don't have to worry about that. But um, So today I want to talk about something that, that as Christians we're probably familiar with or something we've heard a lot of, um, the fear of God. Having the fear of God, living in the fear of God, what is the fear of God? Kind of, you know, let's, we're going to dive a little bit deeper in it and kind of get a uh, better understanding of it. I know God's been teaching me a little bit about it. I kind of had an idea, but you just start digging and you start seeing new things and, and, and different uh, verses are opened up to you in different ways. Understanding comes in different ways. So I just want to pass that along with you and hope it um, blesses you the way it has me. So... What are some of the traits of someone who fears God or someone who's living in the fear of God? We can start in Psalm 112. It says, and we're going to read the whole chapter because it's not very long. It says, how joyful are those who fear the Lord? So in our brain, that, finally, that, that first sentence probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense because when we think of fear, that's not necessary. We don't necessarily put joy with it, right? Well, let's keep going. And delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord will take care of them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. So they're, they're not only confident, they're fearless when they fear God. Let's keep going. Verse 9, they share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. And then this last one, it, it really sticks out because it's kind of, different than all the others. It says, the wicked will see this and be infuriated. They will grind their teeth in anger. They will slink away their hopes thwarted. So as you fear God, we have a huge list here of things that could happen and could follow your life um, living in the fear of God. And we also know that the wicked hate it. Right, the wicked hate you, hate your fear of God. So the devil is going to be he's going to be furious with you if you fear God. You're going to fear God in such a way. All these things that we just read, you know, your children will be blessed. You're going to live uh, a life that's blessed as long as you conduct your business uh, honestly and, and you you become confident and fearless in the face of any enemy that you're going to face. Now, I don't know about you, but it does put a little smile on my face knowing that you're going to make the devil mad by living, living for God, living in God and living in the fear of God. Uh, let's move to, uh, we're going to read a lot out of Proverbs too. So this is the first one that we're going to start in out of Proverbs, Proverbs 2, 
1 through 8. Now, my wife did tell me, she said, hey, we'll probably get out early because you talk fast. So if, if I am talking fast, I, I do apologize, but I just, when I get to rolling, I, it's hard to stop. It's like a freight train. It's kind of, it stops slower than normal. Okay, it's Proverbs 2, 1 through 8. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. So number one thing of when we fear God, listen to what he says. Let, let his commands be, be something good for you. A treasure's good. When you find treasure, it's good. Whether it be a treasure trove of something in your house that you forgot you had, whether it be, you know, the, the, the gold treasure that you always think of, that, that pirates you're looking for, you know, whatever the treasure may be, uh, it's going to be good, especially when it comes from God. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to those to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. So our number one thing here to look at, it's the Lord grants wisdom when we fear him. When we fear God, the Lord grants wisdom. And wisdom is one of those things that can take you a long ways in life, right? There's, there's plenty of times we can find ourselves needing wisdom. One of the great things it says here, I love, it says he grants a treasure of common sense. Common sense, you would think, runs, about, run, runs uh, amok around us, right? Because it's common. Not necessarily. There's been plenty of times, I'm sure you and me, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself here, that I have made decisions that you look back on and say, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? So um, an example of something that I could think of is, have you ever been, been putting a big project together, whether it be a shelving unit or a big playground equipment or, you know, something that requires a lot of pieces and a lot of steps to put together, and you just kind of glance at the, at the instructions and say, I think I can do it. I think I can handle it. You might get finished and you have a few pieces left over. You're like, well... That's probably not how it should go, right? I shouldn't have anything left over. Although they will trick you now. They'll, get, they'll throw a few extra screws and bolts in there occasionally, and you will have stuff left over. And it makes you question, like, did I do this right? But that's another, that's another story for another time. Um, so we can think, like, it's common sense to follow step by step every bolt, every nut that needs to be screwed in, every screw that's going to be put, every board that's going to be put together, in the direction it's going to be put together, like you can miss one thing and you have one, one board backwards and, you know, the, the finished edge is now on the inside and it should be on the outside. So, you know, a lot of times we may feel like we have common sense, but, you know, we have to really rely on God when it comes to making decisions in our life. And I'm not talking about, you know, big decisions. We're, we're you know, faced with decisions daily that we can use common sense with. Or have you ever been in a situation where you have a big decision to make? Um, what college to go to, what spouse to marry, what, you know, what job to take? I mean, there's a lot of huge decisions we face. Um, would it not be great to just seek God for that and say, you know, have his leading first? Let him put in you what you should do or where you should go? Uh, because there are times we may not have uh, the best decision making in, in the things that if we're relying on ourselves to do it. Amen. So I know that I, I have dealt with the situations, and I just hope that kind of resonates with you. Um, I don't want to, to be someone to kind of turn down an offer of, of a, getting a treasure of common sense. 
I want to fear God because I want to live a life that I know I'm making the best decisions for my family, for myself, for the people that are around me, for the people that I serve at work, uh, anybody I come in contact with. I want to make sure that I'm living a life that is is in the fear of God, knowing that he is the one that's helping me make those decisions and leading me into the best uh, path for my life. Proverbs 15, uh, verse 33, it says, Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. So when in this world have we encountered things to where being humble, right, you, you rise to the top? You know, it just in, in a natural in a natural thing in, in Hollywood or whatever, if you're humble, that's very likely not the way to get to the top, right? Like it just, humility doesn't seem like that's what we need to do to get to the top. But the fear of God leads us when we honor God and live in humility. So it's not something, humility can be one of those words that we're like, okay, I mean, I know what it is, but I don't know what it is. Like I, I know what it is, but I don't know how to tell you what it is. But so it's not, we're not humiliating ourselves in front of people, but it's basically us tr- not putting ourselves first. We're always putting someone else's interest before our own. We're always thinking of other people before ourselves. Who's our best example of this? Jesus. Jesus is the best example that we have with his life here on earth. The years that he lived on earth are your best example of someone living in humility. There was never one time where he didn't put someone before himself. And in the end, he put everyone that lived then and will live through after us. He put them first by sacrificing himself. So that is our, our number one example of, of living in humility. Never, never being high-minded, never, never living a life where you're, you feel like you're better than someone else. In Proverbs ten twenty seven, the fear of the Lord lengthens one's life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. Proverbs nineteen twenty three. It says the fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. So those two kind of go hand in hand. So we, we receive protection from the Lord when we fear God. Fearing God brings common sense and wisdom. So it's going to help us live a longer life. Why? Because we're going to make better decisions. You're going to have a better process of going through your decision making, knowing that, that if I make this decision, that is not going to be good for me. If I decide... To eat fried foods three, four times a day, heavy in those saturated fats, what's going to happen? I'm going to increase my chance of heart disease tenfold or more. And that's just a, this is just a, the medical knowledge of, of knowing what would happen to my body if I did that. Uh, and so, so apply this however makes best sense to you because this is, that's the, the thing that made best sense to me is just kind of like, what are we eating? Like the things that we do, we're assuming some sort of risk when we do it, right? So, when God just kind of opened this up and said, you know, you're through these verses in Proverbs, it's going to lengthen your life living in the fear of God, because it's going to bring wisdom. It's going to bring wisdom on what to do and the decisions to make. We're going to make better beneficial choices to our life. Now, there's still going to be times where things happen, right? Things happen. Uh, you say, I've been making the best decisions. I've been doing what I can. We do live in a fallen world, but why are we going to try to make it harder on ourselves when things can happen as is, right? When, when there's already things in our life that's going to happen, tragedies that happen that he just mentioned this morning, when things come at us, 
We need to have that foundation of that wisdom of, of seeking God and having the answers that he's given us. Otherwise, we're going to kind of, you know, fall into turmoil and become, become someone who, who is confused and not knowing what to do, begin to doubt God, begin to, you know, all, all these things can follow. It's a very slippery slope once we reach that point in our life without God. Proverbs 22, verse 4. True humility and the fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. So there's the word humility again. It's, it's something that humility is so important to a believer because what does it tell us about pride? Pride comes before a fall. So when, we're, when we live a life of pride, we know where that ends up. When we live a life of humility, we know where that ends up. I mean, it's, it's their opposite ends of the spectrum. These are, these are something that are, that are polar opposites, uh, but humility could never have been more important to us as believers Never living a life being high-minded, prideful or boastful, turning up your nose to someone that you consider less than yourself, because newsflash, we have all been there at one time or another. We've all been at the bottom at one time or another or felt like we were headed towards the bottom. And would we have wanted someone to come to us like that? I mean, I just, I feel of that and I just, it makes me cringe. I cannot imagine uh, feeling that way because someone made me or I can't imagine making me making someone feel that way because of the way I'm acting, because of, of me making them feel that I'm better. I am absolutely not better than you. You are not better than me. We are on the same playing field. Now, all of us are going to be at different walks of life, right? We may have learned a few more things than someone else, but that doesn't mean we're better. It just means we have had a little more practice to get where we are. So this humility thing is something that is very important because it's something, it's a way we show God's love and it's a way we can be used of God to, to bring others out of where they are when they feel they're at rock bottom or when they've hit rock bottom. We are used as, as great tools and vessels of God to make sure that we can help those that, that need the fear of the Lord, that, that, may, that may not know what that means. They may not have the, the wisdom of, that comes from the word and comes from God. That's where we step in. The fear of the Lord is so important. Another verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 9, 10 through 12. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. There's wisdom again. Showing her face. How important is that? The fear of the Lord is the foundation. What's the foundation of a building? First thing is laid, right? It's the first step. You have to lay this concrete foundation before you can put the building up or else the building won't stand. We have to fear the Lord to start our foundation of wisdom that we're also going to need to live our life. We're going to have to have wisdom to live uh, in these days uh, and the days to come. Knowledge of the Holy One results in in good judgment. Good judgment, what? Leads to long life. The judgment that you make in your life and the decisions that you make um, can, can have an effect on, on the, the path that your life takes. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. If you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. If you scorn wisdom or reject wisdom or push wisdom aside and not use it, you will be the one to suffer. Ooh. I mean, that's pretty strong, right? 
That's something that's that's in the that's a a direct statement from the word of God. If you scorn wisdom, you'll suffer. Listen. This this one hit me because it's like we again going back to that we have enough suffering in this world. We do not need to bring any more on ourselves than we than than's possibly going to come, right? We don't need to add that on our shoulders when that's not meant for us to carry in the first place. That suffering is not he died on the cross to handle our suffering. We are meant to hand that and give it over to him. So as we're reading through these verses in Proverbs, are we sensing a pattern here of what fear in the Lord will bring? Wisdom, long life, long life because of your good decisions, having the common sense, it just helps you live in everyday life. And this is not something that's, I want us to think about it as something that in your everyday decisions, what's going to be best for you? The little things. What am I having for lunch today? Which way am I going to go to work today? You know, I know we don't have to deal with a whole lot of traffic here, but can you imagine if you're, if you had two ways to go to work and that maybe we're around the same distance and one may be a little longer than the other, but that one's a whole lot less traffic and, you know, a lot less chance of getting in a wreck or, you know, just whatever decisions you can make in, in, in asking God what I need to do for today. God, how do I need to go to work today? Sounds a little silly, right? But I mean, there's, there's a, so many different things that we can use that also train ourselves to tune our ear to him, to tune our ear to his wisdom. We have to, we have to begin to talk to him, begin to use that, respecting him, having that, that fear of God that we, we want to hear so much what he has to say about everything that we do. Because it's so important that those small, seemingly simple decisions can have such a positive impact on your life. But if you reject wisdom, that's when the suffering comes. And it just, I think I'm just like, you know, God, I don't want to do that to myself. I don't want to do that to myself. I don't, I don't want to be someone who rejects wisdom that's also going to bring unnecessary suffering in our lives. We don't need to do that to ourselves when there's enough circumstances around us that, that are going to bring that in the first place. But we need to go back to what our foundation is. Our foundation... Um, Fearing the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but the fear of the Lord means safety. So fearing people can be crippling, right? It's something that keeps you from doing things in your life. It's something that keeps you bound up. And keeps you more or less in the proverbial chains of not wanting to get out. It can, it can just be crippling. And there's everything that God wants you to do. You don't have to, to fear people. We don't have to be, in, be afraid. I know I'm throwing out two, two types of fear here. We'll get there. But just follow me for a little bit. We, we don't have to be afraid of what's going to happen to us because... If we're fearing God, then we're not, you know, those two types of fear aren't going aren't to act together. You're going to have one or the other. So the fear of God is going to be something that, that helps push you forward and actually being afraid of not wanting to do anything because of what might happen. Look what can happen if this happens. What if I do this and this happens? What if I go here and this happens? That's just going to keep you from doing anything. And that's going to that's gonna be a tool that the enemy uses to keep you from fulfilling your potential that God has put on the inside of you. Freedom comes from God comes from the fear of God. Containment comes from being afraid of people and, and what might happen, just being afraid in the world. 
Just being afraid of what could happen can be something that will keep you contained and locked up. But the fear of the Lord is freedom. Not, not, not being concerned with what could happen or, or the, the evil things that we face every day. Because we have a hope where our eternity lies in God when we fear him. It brings about, it brings about a release of a burden or a deep, I can actually take a deep breath. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be. Now, now and listen, we're not talking about being carefree and willy-nilly la-di-da, right? We're not, I, I, we, there's still things we have to tend to on this earth, right? We tend to our kids. We make sure they're fed, but we're not going to be wrapped up in being afraid so much that we can't function because of what God's given us. He has given us a promise that all we have to do is take it. We don't have to do anything for it because he's already given it to us, amen? Luke 12, we're moving into the, um, to the New Testament out of Proverbs. I think we're out of Proverbs for good now, but that, I told you there was a, quite a bit in Proverbs, but you know, I, would, I would encourage you kind of you know, skim through Proverbs and look at how much it talks about wisdom. You know, it is the wisdom book, right? It's something that, that there's simple things in there. Fearing God is the, you know, foundation of wisdom. Knowledge from the Holy One, you know, results in good judgment. Wisdom multiplies your day. Like just certain things that, that if, we, if we actually read it and kind of think about it, take it to heart, look what God can do for you and in you in your life. You know, look how, he, look how much he can build in you from that foundation of wisdom. Okay, back to Luke. Luke 12, 4 through 5. Dear friends... Don't be afraid of those who want to kill you. Whew. All right. Don't sugarcoat it, Luke. They can only kill the body. They can't do any more to you. But I'll tell you who to fear. Fear God, who has the power to kill people and throw them into hell. My goodness gracious. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you kind of get taken aback by this and think, my goodness. Like, what is Luke talking about here? So... The first thing Luke's talking about is don't be scared of people. You know, I know Pastor Jake, when he was, when he was always tell us that in his youth group, when, when he was taking the kids out to minister on the streets or, or in, a, in a foreign country, he's like, look, don't be afraid. What's the worst they can do to you? They're like, they can kill us. He's like, all right, if you can not be afraid of that, we're good. Let's go. Let's get, let's get this job done. So it's a, it's a principle knowing that, that to be afraid of someone or that someone could kill you is to not have your hope in your eternal life in Christ, right? It's just, that, that's, what, that's what comes about. That's where, that's where we, we kind of look back, take that deep breath and say, you know what, my hope is in God. He wants me to talk to this person. I'm gonna talk to him. Or, or, or whatever, whatever the next step in that, in that sentence for you may be. So I, don't, I also don't think Luke is telling you to be afraid of God, right? He, he says, um, dear friends, don't be afraid of those who wanna kill you. And then he says, I'll tell you who to fear, fear God. So what we need to know is that he's talking about two different fears here. He's not talking about you being afraid of God and the fact that if if I slip up one time, God's going to strike me down because he's mad at me. He's telling you that you're powerless without God. God is the one who holds the power. You need to be in him. You need to be in God. He's pointing out that when, when he tells us uh, who to, uh, not to, he doesn't word it to say, uh, you know, you don't need to be afraid of people. I'll tell you who you need to be afraid of. No, he says, I'll tell you who you need to fear. 
Because that word fear, getting back to the whole, the whole base of what we're talking about here, that, that fear is, we hear the word reverence. A reverence is just a awe in wonder, in looking in how powerful God is and, and just being, becoming of the mindset that when I'm in God, he is great in my weakness. He is the one who's going to strengthen me when I can't do it on my own. Because there's, t- there's plenty of things in our, in, on this earth that we can't do by ourselves. Stephen talks about it all the time, that if you put something, something in your life may be good, and there's a lot of stuff that are bad, but if you put them on the throne of your life instead of God, it will fail. So that's why he's telling us right here, I'll tell you who to fear, not who to be afraid of. Because that's not the type of fear we have when we fear God. He doesn't want us to be afraid of God. He just wants us to recognize the power that God holds. Because God did create hell to throw the devil and his minions into it. It was not created for us, but we have to make sure that we are in Christ and, and, and knowing that he is our hope. He is our eternity. He is the one that we can put our hope and trust in. We are to remain in respect and reverent awe of who God is. So just remember, he, he, this, this line is very, very harsh, right? Fear God who has the power to kill people and throw them into hell. He's not saying God will kill you if you mess up. He's just saying, look who we serve. Look how powerful the one that we serve is. Luke is basically saying, I want you on my team. I want to make sure you're on the right team when the battle comes. I want to make sure you're with me. I want to make sure you know what I know. So now that we know this, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to do the same thing Luke does. Like, come get on the winning team. God's already told us it's the winning team. So that's for us to do. That, that knowing that if you're fearing God and living in him, there's actually nothing to be afraid of. You know, if God's for us, who can be against us? There's no enemy that can, that can do more than just kill this flesh. And ultimately, that's still not a win for them. For us to be absent from the body means present with the Lord if we are, if we are his children. The hope that we hold is greater than anything else we could have. So just knowing that those two types of fear, they're, they're, they're mutually exclusive. I learned this term in college. We were in one of my finance classes. Thing, certain, certain things are mutually exclusive. They do not happen at the same time. They cannot occur together. So these two types of fear, one is the afraid type, and the, the other is your reverent, your awe, your respect of God. The, the two types of fear, they can't happen by themselves. One fear paralyzes you, makes you miss so much in life, or makes you sit on the sidelines to when you could be active. You, God wants to activate you. God wants to use that inside of you, what the, the gifts that you have that he has given you. But that, that fear that comes inside that makes us scared to walk outside, that makes us scared to go to the store, that makes us scared to want to talk to people, that makes us uh, afraid of what might happen. It can be crippling. It puts your stomach in knots. It's, that's not from God. Let me tell you, that if you're feeling that way, that's not of God. That's the enemy's way of trying to take you out and make sure you are no longer a threat to him. Because let's go back to the very beginning 
What did it say when we fear God in Psalm 112? It gave a huge list of the fact that we'll delight in, in God's commands. Our children will be successful. Uh, we, we're generous, compassionate, and righteous for those that fear the Lord. But the wicked will be infuriated. You want to be an enemy of the wicked. You want to be an enemy to the devil's plan. You know why? Because it will make him mad. He will no longer, he will no longer be, have any control over you in keeping you bound up and keeping you in fear. You are free from that. The fear of the Lord brings freedom and liberty from every, and the liberty goes even further. Basically, you, you're in freedom, but the liberty brings those free choices that you can make now. You can make the choices of living in the fear of God and, and accepting that wisdom and knowing how good God is and knowing that your hope is in him. Faith in God will take you further than, than faith in man. You know, these two, we, sometimes we do call it fear or being scared or afraid. All it is is a twisted faith. It's just a twisted faith. That fear is something that you're putting your trust in of what it might do to you. Therefore, I'm not going to do it. That's what faith is. We're putting our trust in God to let him have his way. And that's going to bring freedom. That's going to bring, bring the freedom in our decision-making. That's going to bring freedom for our family. That's going to bring all the promises that we've read about through Psalm 112 and through those, cha- uh, those verses in Proverbs. It takes faith to fear God, right? Sometimes it does because there, there are times where, where we do feel like we have to take control of it ourselves. When things to, seem to be unraveling in our life, when, when decisions seem to not be going our way, we keep, to, we keep trying to do things to make it better. When all we have to do, God help me. What do I need to do? Where am I going wrong? What steps do I need to take? Seek him. It takes faith to fear God. It takes something deeper in you than, than just is there, right? It takes something that he's given you. Uh, he's given you this gift of faith to be able to use towards him. We don't want, we want to make sure that we're not twisting that faith on the inside of us just from lack of understanding. We may not do it. You may not do it on purpose. Sometimes these things just happen, and then we have to learn how to navigate that. His word's going to teach you, how do I navigate this, get around this maze uh, of dealing with this, this, this fear of being afraid and letting the freedom of the fear of God reign supreme in my life. So putting your, your faith in something other than God is that bad kind of fear. Being afraid, being scared. That's what no one wants. If I were to poll everyone in this room, everyone in this city, do you want to live a life afraid? Do you want to live a life in fear and just check the boxes of all the things that people are afraid of? What would people's answer be? No, I don't want to live in fear. We don't have to. It's not something that we have to. We're not, we're not bound to that fear. When it happens, I assure you, I want you to take this home with you. When that happens and that fear starts to grip you and it starts to cause you to be sick to your stomach and it causes you to start, you, your heart starts racing and you just, you don't know what to do. That's not of God. That is something you can bank on. When you feel like that, that's not of God. He has provided you freedom from that. That freedom that we can freely accept, knowing that when we fear him, 
It brings about a radical change in your life. It brings about a radical change in your thinking, in your thought processes, in the way you make decisions for yourself, for your family, for your friends. It affects every part of your life. So be encouraged that the fear of God, you never, ever have to be afraid of. Because your fear is going to be something to where you look at God and you just trust him. Amen. You just trust him. When things do seem to be going wrong, God, I put this in your hands. I give this to you. What do I need to do? Because there's a lot of action that's on our part, but we need help in making those decisions, right? We need help in understanding where we go from here, what directions to take. If I'm going somewhere I'm unfamiliar to, what am I going to do? Put it in the GPS. We have that nowadays. We don't have to worry about bringing that paper map out and making sure we're and pencil line the, the route we're taking. Hey, I need help. I don't know where I'm going. All right, turn left. Okay, that was right, sorry. Um, you know, we can, we can use that as a tool. We use it as a tool all the time, right? If you're going somewhere unfamiliar, you're going to use it. I know I do. If I don't know where I'm going, I'm not going to try to figure out where I'm going. That's not common sense. It's going to take me forever to get there, especially if I'm on a time crunch. But that's something that we can use. So the fear of God is something we can use. It's something that's going to bring freedom. It's going to bring direction. It's going to bring guidance to your life. It's going to bring a freedom that you have never known before. God's going to bring a peace to your life. God's going to bring something in you that you never knew was there. He's going to put things in you that haven't been put there yet as you begin to gain the knowledge. The fear of God is the foundation for wisdom. Wisdom brings knowledge. Knowledge leads to good decisions and long life. These are promises that we can stand on. These are promises that you have from God that when you put your trust in him, it brings you freedom from fear of being afraid and being scared and being tormented by the devil. That's not from God. Amen. So just be encouraged that that living in the fear of God doesn't mean being afraid. Fear means freedom. Amen. Man, wasn't that good? When you fear the Lord, you don't have... See, he just has a way of putting things. And when he says that, I'm like, well, I'm going to remember that. You know, the fear of the Lord means I don't have to be afraid. And when we're talking about idolatry and who's, who's top in our life, that's what he's saying is when God is top in our Life, And we're saying, I'm giving you that attention and not the power over me. I'm not giving those others power over me. You have power over me. You use it and exercise it rightly. And then forget not his benefits. He just went down through all the different things that we have access to in the fear of the Lord. What do we have access to when we fear man? Nothing good. Nothing good. Amen. What a blessing. Give me one more hand clap. The God is good. God is good. Thank you for sharing that, Matthew. And Man, good stuff. Let us pray. Let's pray and seal that in our hearts as we get ready to go. Uh, Father, thank you. Thank you for Matthew. Thank you for the work you're doing in his heart. Uh, Lord, that you're leading him, guiding him, directing him, that he's a blessing. Uh, to us, that he's a blessing to this house and this body and your kingdom. And I thank you that you continue to use him uh, to speak and to minister and to bless those uh, around him, blessed to be a blessing. And Father, thank you for that 
that direct word, the reminder that when we fear you, we don't have to be afraid of anyone else. And Lord, when we, when we put you in that position, that awe and that reverence, knowing that you could kill us, you could zap us, you could drop us like flies. Like we read in Thessalonians, you've chosen not to do that. You've chosen not to pour out your wrath and your anger on us, but through Christ, save us from what? From everything we needed saving from from everything we needed saving from. And you didn't do it because we were worthy. You did it because you are worthy. You didn't do it because we are good. You did it because Christ is good and was good on our behalf. It's by your grace that we have been saved through faith and not our works. That Lest anyone should boast that he did it for you, you did it for us. God, we thank you for that wisdom. We thank you for that common sense. We thank you for that success that begin that is just literally transfused into us as we spend time with you in the fear, honor, respect of you that leads to obedience. Because you're so much bigger than us. You're so much better than us. Again, you could crush us, but you chose not to. You chose to bless us through your son. And that we would cling to you above all other things. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that as we get ready to go, that we leave in unity together with one another. That we fear you together and we walk with you together. And I thank you that you've not called us to walk and follow you alone. Walk this faith life alone, but you've given us one another. You've called us to do it together. And that is a blessing to us and a blessing to our heart because when we start to feel that away, we have somebody who'll step up and go, that's not from him. We'll have somebody that'll step in and say, let's pray about that. Let's let's apply the word to that. Let's look at the truth on that. Let's really firm this up in us. And I thank you for that. I thank you that you protect us and preserve us as we go through this week. And Lord, that we will be conscious of whether we're fearing you or we're afraid of other things. And I thank you that you teach us better. You've given us better. In Jesus' name, amen.